Hi, I'm Kat. And I'm Emma. If you love the Dead Prank podcast, you can help support its future using the ACAST supporter feature. Now, it's up to you how much you give and there is no regular commitment. So if you can and you want to, please do hit the link in the show description to support now. Thank you. Thank you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. and welcome back to the Dead Parent Club podcast. I'm Emma Jones, that's Kat Hooker, and we're going to talk all about death. (laughs) Today, in particular, emotions, of which all of us feel so very, very many. I mean, a real wide range. I think we are going to be talking about all sorts because, as we all know, when death happens, it's weird that you can feel almost numb Mm. And then you can feel rock bottom and you can feel strange highs as well. Mm. And it's all normal. So we're going to delve right in. Yeah, it's a minefield. And I want to touch on one thing before we start, because everybody always talks about those five stages of grief, right? Denial, anger, bargaining, depression and acceptance. So many of us in the grief community are always talking about how that is complete and utter bull crap. (laughs) Because if only you went through five lovely little stages and you know you got to the acceptance phase and everything was going to be okay. But you always see those kind of graphics on Instagram where actually you have that like those five stages then it's all just like a big like tangled mess in the middle. And that is so true because I feel like I feel those five stages every day. (laughs) Yeah, and I think having things like that in front of you where it's like a tick box oh I've done Mm. that one really undermines the depths of grief and and trivialises it you're exactly right because you can't put it into a box and go right Mm. done that stage on to next right what's coming next depression get into this one but it's okay because acceptance is on the way like and also the very by our very nature humans are very different so we're all going to explore and experience those different stages and Mm. many other stages in different ways yeah. Which is exactly what Kat and I are here to talk about. So welcome to the Dead Parent Club podcast. Let's get deep. Okay, so tell me, your mum dies. Yeah. What's the... What's the <laughs> you should tell me. You don't dick about, do you? Let's get straight in there. <laughs> what's the first emotion you feel? This is going to sound... No, it won't sound weird to you lot listening, actually, because you'll have probably felt the same. Very initially, just... Not really anything. Mm -hmm. Not really anything. Like people were talking to me and I was very matter of fact. Mm. Very everything, right, well, this is the reality of the situation. Yes, my mum has died. And I think that is in part because, you know, yesterday she was here. So there isn't the realisation yet. I've not lived a life without her yet. And you've got people flocking around you there to help you in the very initial stages of it. So things, I think, for me, there was a lot of shock that was there, which is natural again. So I just kind of carried on. What about you? No, it's similar. It's like, it's funny how people say that the funeral is like a opportunity for closure or whatever, because actually I feel like in those first couple of days or weeks or anything and 
you know, you are actually just completely numb, just like living off fumes. Mm. You don't really understand. You don't, you can't feel the true impact of what's actually happened to you because you haven't actually experienced all the nuances of loss. So yeah. like, you know, not having them to call you, never being able to speak to them again. Like it's like, it is true what they say. It's the weeks after the funeral when suddenly you're like hit at night with, oh my God, I can't ever call her again. Well, this weird thing happens where in light of you kind of talking about the tick boxes of different stages, mm. it's like after the funeral, a lot of people drop off yeah. and think that, oh, well, they're dead now, so let's all crack <laughs> on. But that's not how it works. Actually, like you say, Kat, some of the toughest times come after you've yeah. said that final goodbye because then it seems to be the world's still spinning and life has to go on unfortunately mm. it does have to go on but you're kind of left in this wilderness the unknown and, and yeah. trying to bumble your way through and there isn't a book there is no book on how to do this so it's those months after and I think that's when the emotions that you've never experienced before are dug up yeah like you never knew you could feel that much it's like I and then you're scared I didn't know it was I did not know it was possible to, no to feel that bad and, and also <laughs> the weird thing for me was I felt all these feelings but I wasn't going oh I'm obviously feeling like that because mum's mm, died mm. I just felt this stuff and carried on walking around in this hazy blur of like no doubt about it I was categorically definitely depressed yeah. and putting on a massive front and pretending I was okay I just felt I always had to look and appear like I was I was doing okay and that made the depression worse yeah but I didn't ever go even though I used to know that my mum was dead I didn't go oh that's obviously as a result of that it was almost like I was looking inside myself to go oh it's all it's my fault I'm feeling these things yeah and I have to fix myself in some way without going oh this is grief yeah because you're literally not but you're not taught what to expect no. are you like you're really not and you know when you said oh there's not there's not a book on it like you know people have tried to write books on this kind of thing but I think all of us are so individual that no book would ever be able to encompass all of the feelings mm. that we feel and obviously it depends on the relationship that you've had with them had with them the way that they died but like I it, it was the physicality of it like I knew that when my mum died it would be hard but it was like the actual heartbreak like it actually felt like my heart was breaking every single time I felt about I thought about her and it was unbearable like I, I remember being um, at uni in, in Lancaster I wasn't studying at the time but I would lie in bed it would be two o'clock in the morning and I would literally be doubled over in pain just I just I've never cried like that yeah it, it, it's like you can physically feel your heart breaking yeah I remember being at uni like you and uh, I'd had a dream, very vivid dream that I was on the phone to mum and then waking up and realising that I'd never be on the phone to her. Mm. And it's like, I didn't even cry. I was just like... I actually mm. feel really emotional thinking back to it. Yeah, thinking about that time, thinking yeah. about that. And you just carry this heaviness. And then there's an emptiness. There's yeah. like a real... I, th I was a bit despondent. It was like, what's the point I could in not anything? Cry. Yes, exactly that. Mm. And did you find that you got, this is going to, might sound bad, but hey-ho. Did you ever find that you got angry towards other people you loved? Yeah. I was like, I I'm angry because you're not my mum and yeah. my mum's dead. And I was bitter at everyone. Yeah, I was yeah. angry at everybody for whatever reason I could find out. I was angry at my dad because, you know, 
sorry dad if you listen to this but at the time he wasn't the one that I wanted to survive like because because mm. when, when that other person dies you think oh my god I can't live without them so anybody anybody else can die apart from them yeah and it'll be it'll be better I was angry at my brothers because they're older than me and they got more time with her than I did my mom got to see one of them get married I was angry at my friends I was like why do my friends get to have parents and I don't I was angry at my cousins and I'm like why do my cousins all both have their parents like and it's just you the anger is overwhelming yeah it's real you look around and see what you don't have Mm -hmm. it's a big gaping hole yeah and it's lonely oh god so lonely like if you're listening to this right now the fact that you're looking for a space to hear other people in similar Mm -hmm. situations to you is great because it means that you understand that that can be beneficial for you i didn't do that i just didn't know where to go did it even exist no there were no resources (laughs) so i remember like some of my like darkest times like i was at university in sheffield just walking around on my own, just mm. literally walking around on my own, seeing people around me, families, whoever they were, friends, laughter, and knowing every time I laughed, I was putting it on, and it was yeah. horrible. And I was like, I want to be like you. You like, feel like a fraud. Yeah, that's exactly how I felt. I remember, yeah. I remember living with girls at uni and always feeling that I had to keep up this facade of joy mm. and happiness. When inside, I'd get in bed every night and I'd just want to break down and cry. But I was yeah. like, you must, you must carry on. You must carry on. And actually, I wish at that point that I'd got help. Because yeah. otherwise, I got myself into a hole, a real hole of it. I feel like you become very despondent to your own feelings. It feel I kind of imagine it and I know that this is kind of one of the signs of like depression as well is like it feels like you're walking around outside of your body like you're just kind of walking around and living your life with your eyes closed and you're not really living it anymore that's true and that's what we say like when those initial stages of grief like you actually just feel like the only thing you can do is survive yeah is to get up and get through that day go to bed cry and do the same thing again and again completely but like it's kind of it's weird talking about that now because look at like look at where we are now at that time you do not think that is feasible like I was very 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 unwell and I speak a lot about how the lines are so so blurred between grief and depression I do think there's the line where like when your grief gets to a point when it is severely impacting your everyday life like you cannot find joy in anything you cannot get up like you you don't want to live your life that's when you really have to look at yourself and ignore everybody else around you that's saying, you're just grieving, you're going to get through it, it's okay. No, like at that point you need help. When you say you were really unwell, do you mean with depression? Yeah, mm. yeah. Oh God, I didn't, I did not want to be alive without my mom. I couldn't, I could physically could not see any future where I'd be happy. It felt hopeless. Is that the moment that you asked for help? Yeah, yeah. I went, I went to the doctors and, you know, I was, you know, lucky that kind of like mental illness has gone down in my family so I've never felt that there is much of a stigma attached to going to the doctors to ask for it my mum was severely depressed her whole life and I was I've always just been aware of it so I feel very lucky that I felt comfortable to do that I know a lot of people don't but I just think like if you are listening to this and you are really severely struggling family tried to say to me you know you're just grieving it's normal it's it wasn't normal what mm. I was feeling wasn't normal no. it does cross that line and I know yeah. you've you experienced it definitely oh yeah but I think I experienced depression before my mum died yeah but didn't know what it was but then mm. it was like it's so weird it took me until 25 to understand what was going on in my head and that was when I sought help but I'd experienced like 
depression in from the age of 11 without mm. knowing what it was because like you say it wasn't spoken about you know after mum died it just I don't know I just felt that there was this extension it was like almost 14 years of my life I just was depressed and yeah. my mum dying was part of that as well like that just kind of exacerbated like, it yeah absolutely I mean I remember I thought I, I think I told you this I thought I was the reason my mum died. Yeah. I thought it was my punishment for being a bad person, yeah. um, which sounds ridiculous. And I look back now and I want to hug myself, that little girl who, because at 18 I was little and I realised I wasn't mentally in, I wasn't mentally an adult really. Mm. Um, another thing I remember feeling is, because I loved myself so little, I never believed anyone could love me. Yeah, And then that just yeah. made the loss of my mum feel even greater because I was like she loved me no matter what nobody will love me yeah like that. yeah that's how you feel I mean mm-hmm. my nana I did feel like she loved me unconditionally mm-hmm. but I, I felt not worthy of that love and so I one of the things I struggled with was my self-esteem yeah. I felt that so much of my identity and without realizing it came from being my mum's daughter and mm-hmm. watching her understanding her navigating life as a woman and especially in such a you know, a male dominated family. Yeah. When that was ripped away, I didn't realize, but actually that took away so much of my understanding of who I was as a woman and as a human being. And that took years of hard work to it's repair. Oh, like yeah. and you and I are in, I would I would say and I, and I hope, apart from obvious life things that happen good places mentally we understand our feelings I think I've become more self-aware mm. of my I wouldn't I, I think I was saying to somebody the other day that I will I think I will near enough always class myself as being mentally unwell mm. because I am on the brink of it so often mm. but I but I'm very self-aware and I know the things that I need to do to stop myself from falling into that pit do you think that you would have been on the brink of it if your mum had still been here I struggled with anxiety a lot before she died because I was brought up in a very tumultuous household when if mum wasn't ill, dad was ill. And if they weren't ill, somebody else was dying in my family. It was all very chaotic. So I did struggle anyway. I I, I think I think because of my family's health history, I've always been at risk of having a mental illness. I, and I kind of, I don't mind that. I'm like, you know what, if I can talk to people and say that and be like, yeah, I think I'm mentally unwell, but I've done X, Y, Z to learn about myself and I can handle it. I'm hoping it gives other people kind of hope that they can have a life as well because I have been quite successful so far in my life. Like, I'm doing okay. You're I'm doing not, very well, Kat, I'm not so like, you know. <laughs> don't, please don't, you, you really I'm talked not, you your know. achievements down. But are you doing well in the sense of internal happiness, even though you would class yourself as mentally unwell? I know I know, I'm getting deep here, but I just, I'm trying to gauge because look, yeah. you're, you are, how many years on now? Six. Six years on. I'm just trying to gauge like whether you are happy day to day or not. I think that changes all the time. I think at the moment, obviously there's a lot going on in my personal life, which is really manifesting itself in my kind of, you know, mental well-being. Um, I think my mum dying has affected me in a lot of ways, which I'm I'm really hoping we'll cover at some point this season with like an, a, a professional, like, you know how you're saying like your identity and your self-worth and things like that. I think that happening to me has definitely impacted the way I think about things, the way that I approach things, my self-confidence, because it's like confidence is so important. You know, we go to work, we need to have some sort of confidence in our own, in ourselves to succeed in the workplace because you're around people all the time. And I think, I don't know, I think that's a whole other ball game to unpick because 
grief definitely impacts us for the long term. Mm. We're never the same people again. And I think, you know, having somebody on the podcast and talk to, talking to somebody about that would be really interesting Completely. to kind of unpick, you know, how did these thought processes work? Why do we think that? And how can we kind of be our own cheerleaders like we've talked about before? Yeah. And yeah, I think you're right with everything that you've said there. And it will be fascinating to delve into that more just on that, because I think it's important to offer some sort of balance. I also have found that in a weird way, losing mum after the years and years of years, please like, don't get me wrong, years <laughs> of like depression, mm-hmm. lack of self-worth, low self-esteem, lack of direction, not knowing who I was. I have become a lot more confident in myself because I've navigated that on my own. And I look, when I look backwards, I think looking to the future, there's not a lot I can't take on and tackle because I've done so much of this on my own that a lot of environments like in the workplace or just day-to-day things, I can very much put them into perspective and mm-hmm. understand. I know that's, I'm not saying that's an easy thing and please don't Everyone's think that. different. Yeah. yeah and I haven't always done that. I haven't always been able to do that. I'm just t- saying that now I am in a place where I can very, be very confident and self-assured about who I am, what I'm doing mm-hmm. and my place. That comes with age and experience Once as well. I think that's, that's a, not even a grief thing, but a life a thing. A life thing. Exactly. Yeah. But what, what, what I don't want is for, if you're listening now to think that, as Kat reflected on there, you're not always stuck. Like feelings are fluid. Like yeah. I, that I might get to a point where there's something where my confidence is, you know, a bit pulled at. Yeah. I'm under no And it'll bring you that. back to you. You'll be like, oh, it's because my mum died. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's exactly that. But it's it's this, for not wanting to tick one of their boxes, but the acceptance of going, actually, it's, it can change. As yeah. long as I get to a place like where you see where you're self-aware, mm-hmm. you understand, right, I feel this way, maybe it's because of this and you're prepared to explore it, you'll find that you can move along okay. Yeah. Even if you're not yeah. always happy. You don't always have to be happy. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Me and my friend Sam Vidler were talking about things that we notice how we behave like in the workplace or something. And we always bring everything back to the fact that our parent has died. (laughs) So... I am very much, I need self-assurance all the time from other people. That's part of my personality type, but that's who I am. Do you mean you need people to say that was good or yeah. that's, yeah. Yeah, if people aren't telling me that I'm doing a good job, I mm. panic and I think that I'm not. 
And I look back and I think, oh, my mum was the person that always gave me that. And she's the person I would always call and she would always tell me I was doing a good job. Nobody really does that for me anymore. So that is why I crave that and I need that reassurance yeah. all the time. And I'm like, God, I wonder how many other things I do in my life. And that, it, that is why, where it comes back to. That's true. You're right, actually, because for a lot of people growing up, your parents are your champions. Yeah. They, they champion everything you do. And I would completely agree with you there. Like in what I do, there's so many times where I'm like, if I'd have called mum, she would have been like, well done. But now I just don't. Yeah. even yeah. like but it's almost like you don't I don't even give myself credit for stuff I've done because yeah. I'm like well you, you know you kind of talk yourself down a little bit don't yeah you? and you know what we'd probably be guilty of that anyway as we get older we probably don't you know whether we'd lost a parent or not mm. it could be that that would be a natural thing that we don't tell our parents as much as we did or we don't expect yeah. the same level of reaction but completely inside I am still a six-year-old and yeah. I want my mum to be like <laughs> that was brilliant yeah. fantastic Emma I'm so proud <laughs> of you listen to this you've done a great job recently yeah. well done everyone <laughs> yes we think you're doing great but like go going on. on from that you know you know what my favorite I'm so weird saying this one of my favorite emotions that I feel now from my mum dying is gratitude and appreciation. Yeah. And when she died, I never thought those words would ever come out of my mouth. And a lot of people kind of come back on this and say, I can't feel, I don't feel any of that. And that's okay. Like maybe you don't feel it right now. Maybe you haven't felt that for the last 15 years. But I hope that at some point, you know, in, in the next couple of years, that you will be able to look at a sunset, a sunrise, a beautiful view, a family member, like, stop in the moment and think and think oh my god like this is amazing and that's something that I never did before my mum died you're right you're right and I think you probably are like me in that practice gratitude completely without meaning to practice it now it's yeah. just the thing I do I'm like wow like I, I look around and almost I am so annoying you know yeah. I was working <laughs> I'm a person like my god stop look at this yeah no but that is me I was I was at the um I was doing some work for the darts the last few days over in Wolverhampton and we were there it was like quite long days but like I was absolutely mm. loving it and a lot of people walked through the door and went well you're too happy and I was like <laughs> Rude. yeah and I was like you've no idea I'm just so happy just to I know just we're, be. yeah we're in we're in the Novo Hotel in Wolverhampton with the curtains shut all day but I'm like living my absolute best life and loving it so gratitude is yes I would completely agree with you there Kat one of the if, the, if there are any good mm. positives mm. that can come out of it but also it's like a side effect of grief but a, yeah but an okay one like, like by a, default yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but also something that's both a blessing and a curse i think that comes a lot as a byproduct is empathy mm-hmm. massively mm. empathetic which means I that cry all the time. yeah and also like i just feel for people like i can't let shit go yeah I, like and i know people tell me I'm something bad that's happened in your life and i'll be thinking about it that's exactly it like um like two of the people I was working with the last few days kind of both had, I won't go into detail, but you get talking, don't you, when you're working on long yeah. days and they were so lovely and they were talking about things that they'd recently been through. I just couldn't let it go. So before I left, I went back and I was like, hi, uh, just want to say, uh, just want about <laughs> I've been that really thing thinking about yeah. this. I was like, because obviously I hadn't slept the night before thinking yeah. about it. Yeah. You know, I think it gives me a more fulfilling life because I care about people and mm. that's ultimately. It makes you a really good friend. Yeah. It does actually, it mm. does. I think you're right. You like, I wake up every day and like some of my very first thoughts are, I go through in my head, like who's got shit going on? Mm. Who needs a message today? Who needs to speak 
to someone and I'll message them or ring them and yeah. make sure and check in on them. Yeah, but then I also think, you know, the curse on that side of it is that we're very susceptible of letting other people offload their emotional shite onto us. Honestly, fucking just dump it. <laughs> yeah. We might as well. <laughs> don't get me wrong, I love it. I love that people can talk yeah. to you about stuff, but... I think I said this last night to you when I was talking to you that somebody messaged into the podcast and said one of the things they really struggle with is that like when they're feeling down, other people will offload their emotional baggage to them in a way to relate to them, even though it's completely different to what they're doing. And if you are already feeling like shit, hearing other people's shit, it's not going to make you feel better at all. It's not, but I don't know about you, but I always feel like obliged mm-hmm. to help them anyway you know like yeah. how you have bin day where you put your bins out we yeah. should maybe we should like create an emotional offloading day yes. where it's like one day every fortnight you can offload your yeah. baggage onto me apart from that i'm out <laughs> that would be such a good idea it would be helpful because you're right people do and it's because i think as well they like look at you and see that you've been through a lot. Mm. So, well, they're here, they're mentally here, so they can help me. And then also I feel like responsible for their emotions. And I have to sometimes remind myself, this is not your responsibility. You cannot save everybody. Well, it's like when somebody else starts crying about the fact that your parent is dead. What are you supposed to do in that situation? Honestly. No, seriously. I wish I knew. All I, I, it's happened to me so many times. I just, I sit there and I'm like, I I have to, I feel like I have to say I'm okay. Yeah. Even if in that moment I'm not okay. I'm like, oh, don't worry. Do you know know what I say? Sorry, you didn't kill him. (laughs) That's actually a really, that's a really good one. Like, but also that's just up then because then they don't know what to say. They're like, oh, no, I didn't. So, but, and do you know what? It's sweet that they feel that much that they, again, like it's lovely, but also really awkward. Because you're like, uh, Mm. don't really know what to say now because my my parents dead and now I've got to console you. So. (laughs) How is this fair? Yeah. yeah. In any world. I'd love to know. Um, But I think in conclusion, what we're saying is you're going to experience every fucking emotion. Oh my God, so many. Even ones we haven't even spoken about. Like, you know, when you feel happiness and it's only like two days after your parents died and you feel guilty. Guilt, obviously you'll feel that. We've got an episode on that from season two. Yeah. Go listen to it. But like everything, it's an absolute whirlwind. Can I confess something? This is going to sound, and it's plagued me. When Nana died last year, right? Obviously it was lockdown and we hadn't been able to go to the hairdressers. And... Was it like September we were allowed out? So my yeah. nana died on June the 14th. And like the beginning of September, I think it was, I'd booked in for my hair. And I was really excited for two weeks before to get my hair done. And I remember thinking, oh my God, my nana's died. And I'm really excited to get my roots done. And then I went, no, no, that's okay. Yeah. Like I really had to remind myself, like I was conflicted. I was like, what the fuck? Your hair doesn't matter. And then I was like, you would have been excited to get your hair done if yeah. I was here. Just be excited yeah, and be okay with that. Yeah. And I think because I'd experienced the loss with mum and all those emotions, that's why in terms of that self-awareness, I was like, it's okay to be excited mm. to get your fucking hair done. Absolutely. It's okay to be excited for anything. Yeah. Honestly, like if you've got plans two days after your parents died and you want to go, fucking go. Don't yeah. let anybody, don't let, don't let you make yourself feel bad for doing it. Like everybody handles things differently. And all the things that everyone and I have spoken about today, if you feel like you, you know, us saying that our parent dying, you know, made us un- like unbelievably kind of like unwell and we were really sad. If you haven't felt that because your situation was different or because you just find different ways to cope and you are just, you know, men- more mentally resilient, mm. that's absolutely okay. Yeah. Like you don't have to be crying every day to justify the fact that you're hurting. Like everybody grieves differently. That is absolutely true. And also 
people, unfortunately, we live in a world where people are going to judge you, mm. whatever happens. And, you know, even in grief, people judge. Yeah. People will talk. People will be like, mm, I don't think she's coping very she's well. Gone out yeah. Yeah. Can you believe? Um, oh my God. I'm I inside. saw her putting her bins out yeah. yesterday. <laughs> Can't believe she's out there. She was on the phone. She was bloody laughing. <laughs> Mum died five days ago. Bloody hell, what's she doing? <laughs> it is that people will judge yeah. you in every situation, no matter what. Mm-hmm. So please yourself. And if pleasing yourself means sitting in your fucking pajamas for a week and crying, yeah. then it means that. If it means going out and getting pissed, it means that. If it means going out and going to the cinema or doing whatever or being on your own, it mm-hmm. means that. The the best bit of advice that Kat and I can give you just on what Kat's just said is, however you feel, that's how you're meant to feel. And if, yep. that, if you need help with that, ask for the help. Yep, ask for the help. And also don't forget that if you want to reach out and just say, I'm feeling like this, is this normal? We are always on the other side of the DM or the email to tell you, yes, what you are feeling is absolutely normal. But we will only reply on bin day. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I only accept emotional baggage once every two weeks. And to be fair, those of you that have message will know that I'm not the best at messaging you back. So, but yeah, maybe it is. Maybe that's what I treat myself to, an emotional. Yeah, maybe we do that. Maybe we just go, right, we'll have... We'll have an occasional emotional bin day yeah. where we'll get back to everyone. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that in conclusion, I think is it. I'm sorry if that didn't help much because basically what we're saying is you will experience every emotion. Yeah, and we can't really help with that either. So apologies. But if it's any consolation, we'll have felt them all. Always. A million times over. Yeah. So, and we are here. We are your friend. And thank you for joining us. Yeah, but don't forget you can get in touch. You can drop us a DM on Instagram at the Prankle Podcast, message us on Twitter at DPC Podcast, on Facebook at the Dead Prankle Podcast, or drop us an email at hello at deadprankclub.co.uk. See you next week. See you next week. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.